0: Hello, 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 Michael Gebbin here with Tuesday Tune-Up Time, and uh, we go live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. You go to mindtuneuptimelive.com to join the live stream in the Facebook group, or you can join in here on Zoom, which is where I typically am paying the most attention to, uh, to the chat here on Zoom. I think that's why the, the numbers have continued to increase. People keep popping over here on Zoom. That's where the, that's where the party's at. And so uh, for those of you who are catching this elsewhere than it live, um, you know that you can catch these on YouTube and all your favorite podcast platform. Usually I'm having these, uh, the replays up for this up by Sunday, or excuse me, Sunday, up by Thursday. Um, and then essentially I have a show notes that you can check where coaching sessions start, uh, where um, different things happen. There's, there's, uh, quotes. Uh, so it's a great place to be able to check that out and, and see what all happened on each session. So uh, I want to share something. So last week, uh, one of my favorite musicians, uh, I think uh, we've definitely got some musicians that are always on here. People love everybody. I think on certain levels loves music. And one of my favorite uh, musicians is, a, is a, a guy named Ben Rector. And I had used Ben Rector's music in my wedding videos all the way back to like 2009, which is his, I think 2009 was his first album. And I even had, I was at a, uh, it was, it was an incredible moment. I actually went to a thing called Weva. It was wedding event videographers association, and they always had the Weva awards. And in 2010, I submitted, and I submitted one of my same day edits and, uh, One of the people who was also uh, in there was a guy named Jason Magbanawa. And Jason McBanawa was uh, the person who I found out about same day edits from. He's from the Philippines. And it's where I originally got um, inspired to do same day edits, which were the thing that really catapulted my entire career. And in 2010, I was at the Wevo war or at the Weva event, submitted one of my same day edits. It was a ninja same day edit, this, this ninja jumps over this couple uh, at the very end of my, my video. And I used a Ben Rector song called White Dress. It's an incredible song. And um, I was friends with a company named Song Freedom. And I used, uh, you know, it was when licensing was starting to get a bigger thing and he licensed that song for me. And uh, that way I could use the song legally in the video. But essentially, I think it's like eight albums out now. Ben's just a phenomenal artist, super consistent. And uh, last week, which I don't know if she's on here. There she is, Janice Walters. Um, I actually went to Nashville, Tennessee, and Janice hung out with me for the day. And we went to uh, a Ben Rector show that essentially was an album release party or an album release show. And it was absolutely incredible. Um, he didn't play any live music, but he had, I think it was 14 songs essentially. And he played half of them through a film and it was lights out. Absolutely amazing. I, I favorite album he's brought out. It's called the joy of music. Well, at the end of the, uh, of the show, I got to ask a question. And so I want to play the question and the answers. So
1: (coughs) here it is. your music when i used to film hold on one second here it is yeah my man i've been using your music
0: when i used to film weddings i filmed over 300 since 2009 and you've brought so many people so much joy and uh my question is so many creatives artists special musicians give up on what brings them joy Mm -hmm. and through the tough times when money probably wasn't pouring in and Oprah wasn't, you know, having you on the radio and different things. What, what kept you going? What would you tell all the people in the room who may have given up on what brings them joy?
1: Oh man. I don't know. I think it's different for everybody. Um,
0: you. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I just always hesitate to give like advice. cause like, I can only say, I around. know. Uh, I think the core of it is that I really do love it. Like I, you know, there's not something else that I want to do. Um, I think there probably has to be a part of it that you want to do for free. And I think I would write songs and like put together fun stuff like that for free. Um, so that's probably the core of it. And it's, I mean, I'm competitive. So like, it's like sharpening your skills. I like that a lot.
1: I don't know. I could sitting still. So if it was like, you just go sit on the beach now, I'd be like, ah, I want to still do this. So that's what I'd say probably. Could y'all hear that? I hope you could hear it. Was it clear? Did it come through? All right. Yeah.
0: So, uh, I remember Janice kind of hit me because it's something that I always talk about. And it was a, it was a wonderful answer. That aspect of something you would still do for free, that thing that you don't see yourself doing anything else. But I think so many people, because they can't figure out how to make money doing that thing is why they stop doing the thing that brings them joy. But, you know, um, I really, I don't know. Actually, I'm going to see really quick. I think, uh, I think Janice, you looked this up, uh, but let's see here. How old is Ben Rector? 35. So actually the same age as me. And um, so he didn't become quote unquote big until around 2016. So mind you, you know, his first album 2008 2009 um that is public pretty sure he had a band in high school because one of his songs is called old friends um but like he wasn't on the radio he you know didn't have really i mean he, people in that kind of niche of music kind of pop music i mean there was a lot of people who knew who he was but he exploded in 2016 there was a song called brand new actually uh it made it into his music video you can look it up on my channel the the submission I made um but it it because it made it into his music video on his channel as well there's a couple of my shots from the from the thing but you know it, it I I find it fascinating because one thing that I've been studying in people and those of you who've joined the the, the coaching side of uh, mind Tune of Time, the mind Tune of Time experience, you can go to my, the mindmechanic.net and and uh, check that out. But those of you who got to take the, the personality assessment and have done a call with Cohen, um, you know, there's an aspect of it that has a, a D line. It's called the dominant line. And it's typically a red line. And what I find fascinating, though, is... There's a sliding scale of the intensity at which someone will pursue that, that which that they love to do. And I think that there's a lot of creatives who tend to be hyper passive and by proxy, that is also reason that the tenacity or drive in them, um, not always, this isn't the, the pure Uh, reason why people do or do not succeed, people of all personality types, I I do not believe in any way, shape, or form that you have to be a certain type of wiring or certain type of personality to have success in in business uh, more financially. I have definitely seen that all different personality types um, succeed and and do very well financially. But- the way that which they will do that or pursue what it is and to the level of intensity they pursue it and thus how long it may take will be different for everybody. Um, and I think one of the things that I see the most is that if you take that one particular line, it's in a, in a disc assessment, the D line, there are too many people who are looking at or and or comparing themselves to people whom that line is like an 80 and theirs is a 20 now if we just compare that to a vehicle it's one's a ferrari and one's a prius
1: or one's a ferrari and one's an 18 wheeler Now all of those vehicles will get you from point A to point B. And you've heard me talk about,
0: some of you have heard me talk about this before, this aspect of like, you know, if you wanted to go from Florida to California, there's lots of ways to get there, right? But I think that when we're looking at people who, you might've been working on something for four or five years, but you compare yourself against someone who looks like they did something in a year, but that person just innately, Is doing Even if it's a similar type of thing, they're doing more than you are in the same amount of time, right? And so if I wanted to learn how to play the guitar, I know I want to learn to play the guitar. I'm really in love with the guitar. I've got a great guitar coach. And I only practice one day a week for an hour. But somebody else is practicing, you know, even just an hour every day. So they're getting in seven hours a week of practice to my one hour. Now there's studies and things out there about accelerated learning and we could get into all those types of things, but I'm just taking an apples to apples, two people with a very great coach. They both want to learn the guitar and they are spending time learning. One spends an hour a week, one spends seven. What, I mean, just hour wise, if you do the math, four times 12 it's 48 and then seven times four so look at that in one year right in one year the one person put 336 hours in and the one person put 48 With the quality of the time put in diligent practice makes a difference but yes overall time does influence yes and that's why I'm saying apples to apples. I'm saying two people who want to learn. One's not forced. It's not a parent that's making them learn it. Two people who genuinely want to learn. And they've both got equally great coaches teaching them a similar process, right? And so we're, we're, we're just saying time is the defining factor between that. I remember when I, I, I heard Tony Robbins at one of the events we were filming. And he said, when I wanted to be one of the best speakers on the planet, by his standards. He looked at some of the best and they were speaking three to five times a month. This is a story I've been telling for a long time since I heard it. And he did did what he could. Now, how literal we can take this? Who knows? But he said he did his best to find three to five times a day that he could speak, whether it was to one person or 50 people, right? And so I think the problem is with a lot of us, we're not putting in disciplined, diligent time into much of anything. We're putting in lots of, we're putting time into a whole bunch of different things and that's where i'm only bringing up in the in the realm of business success i'm um, not personal success not just joy and happiness from the aspect of you're just doing things you like but time and time again i don't find this is where i'm not here about eliminating things that people love but when it comes to success in something from a business standpoint, um, Yeah. Right. So, so that's the thing It's just to what degree, to what intensity, right? Uh, Let's just say short of gas. If a car again in a straight line, one can go 120 miles or 200 miles per hour and the other one can barely get to 80. One's going to get there faster than the other. And so too much. That's why comparison is a killer because too much we're comparing, not anywhere near apples to apples. In fact, I would articulate that there is no apples to apples, right? That's the the core thing, is that when we are comparing ourselves to others, there is no apples to apples. So this idea that even what examples I just gave, that they have any credence, they don't. That's why we cannot compare ourselves to others right? Because there are people, you could have two people both spending seven hours a week and one still learns it quicker for a
1: whole slew of reasons that, you know, there's no reason to get into right now, but that's the point. And so too many times when we're looking to the internet for inspiration and we see
0: things, I find that there's two types of people. There's people who see things online and they're very encouraged. They're very inspired. I can do it. This is possible, and I'm just going to keep working at it. There's, I don't see myself doing anything else, like Ben Rector's saying. right? Even if I had all the money in the world and I was told you could go sit on a beach, I'd still be playing music. I'd still be writing songs. right? But how many of you have stopped,
1: in air quotes, stopped writing the songs, stopped playing the music? And so for me, even the two years that
0: I didn't try to make any money from speaking or and or coaching, I still kept getting on Facebook Live. I still kept practicing. I still kept learning. I still kept investing in myself. And so it's why, you know, that line, tuning up hearts and minds, so ideas don't die in hearts, heads, and hard drives. Is there's too many people who are you know quote unquote dying with their songs inside them. Whatever that is for you, right? Whatever that is for you, it, it could be design. It could be music. It could be uh, your, your, your written work, novels, books, um, fiction, movies, you know, speaking, cookbooks, whatever it is. And I find that the people who tend to end up succeeding with these things, they just don't stop. Because whether or whether or not, they are earning from it they don't stop there might be little bumps in the road and there might be detours but at the end of the day they don't stop so i just found that very inspiring and then i i think that the thing is too um as norman said on here as well there are a lot of variables at play right i do believe that you know he obviously started getting his music career started. This is where, you know, I, I definitely intend to interview him at one point in time in the future. Um, I have a way of reaching the unreachable. So I definitely want to do an interview with, with Ben someday. But, you know, anybody can succeed at any age, at any time, and 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 can and can do incredible things. And I don't think with what I'm about to say that these things um, prevent someone, because we can find any type of you could interview anybody on earth that has had a lot of success in their (coughs) in their career and you're going to find ones who excuse me you're going to find ones who were single when they started and lived in their parents basement that was me you know in a lot of ways you're going to find people who had kids and families and mortgages um, and again, I think to the intensity and speed at which they put things into place, there's an aspect of that stuff at play as well from time to time, right? Like I realized when I turned 30, something that came to my mind is that my inspirational work that I was doing was still coming from a place of a 19 year old kid who lived in his parents' basement. Now, obviously, not my age. I now had, uh, I, I was getting married when I turned 30. You know, I had a lot of debt, a lot of bills, you know, a lot more responsibility. Um, at that stage in my life, I almost needed, you know, ten dollars to $12,000 a month to pay my bills. And so when I started my company, I did live in my parents' basement. And I had, you know, when we rented this very first place that I moved into for my video production company, it was like 500 bucks a month. And so there was that aspect where, you know, my, my two buddies who helped me with my business, we could go out for a whole day for 250 bucks and we were tickled to death. Later in my career, as my debt increased, my bills increased, my responsibilities increased, you know, it was, it was more quote unquote difficult to go out for weeks on end and bring in a thousand dollars, you know, because if I went for, you know, think about that again, in the very beginning, I needed $6,000 a year to pay all my bills. I mean, short of food and things, but like my bills for my business were 500 bucks a month. I had no debt, you know, no major bills, just this $500 a month rent and some handful of other things, right? So probably six to $12,000. So when I needed 12,000, I needed 140 something thousand dollars a year to pay my bills. So the actions that I'm taking, and this is where I see a lot of people who they end up hating the thing that they love because when they get into business doing it. I had a guy uh, about a year ago, I remember talking to, and he had started it for fun. Started his video production company for fun and was, but it was, let me, let me fast, but let me rewind for a second. He didn't start it for fun. He was doing it for fun. He was doing video and just having fun and doing things, and really wasn't wasn't trying to make a living out of it. wasn't trying to make money. Started getting asked by people to do things. People wanted, like, "Hey, can I pay you?" He was really good at it. But then, as he took it on in a professional manner, he started to fall out of love with it because at times, and this is what I saw with the Ben Rector album is that one of the things he said in the Q&A is this aspect that I used to do a lot of things out of fear. So he was trying to be more perfect. And there was things where he was, he was he was getting bored and he had to bring the joy back into the music because there was that aspect that he had lost just the fun of it. And he was doing things that he knew was safe, that he knew he could win at. And so this having a, people gather in a theater and not even play a live you know, set, but simply just play a music video that was like 25 minutes long and then literally just stare at a screen. There wasn't even lyrics and just have the songs be played. And the music video, he's dancing. He's doing a lot of things that he said, you know, was outside of his comfort zone. But it brought the joy, the fun, uh, the fulfillment back into it. He had lost some of that because what happens with people, and I've talked about this before with the order taker master chef is a lot of people become order takers. So what they did that got them started, that they had fun with, that they had joy with, which is typically why, like I I always tell people, because people can hear things, I don't do video production anymore, I don't own the company, and depending on what you hear me say, at what point in time you could interpret that I may have not liked it or anything. I just fell more in love with this than I did that. I never hated it. I was never... I didn't get to where I got to out of misery, right? And and really what kept me going is a number of reinventions. And then really at the peak of my career, um, doing it as I talk about, you know, create your life your way. And you've heard me uh, potentially talk about the my way decision. It's a decision I made, never called it this back in the day. It's just what I, I identified years later. But, you know, when I decided I'm going to do it my way, I quote unquote infected people at such a deeper level. They were so, my enthusiasm, my passion, my intensity for what I did increased tenfold because I had lost my passion. I had lost my joy because I became an order taker. When people came to me and said what they wanted, rather than speak up, rather than have an opinion, rather than have a vision, I would simply do what people said. It's why a lot of people get out of corporate because they say, and I don't believe that, It's true for all scenarios, but I believe it's true for a lot because there's a lot of politics and BS going on to where people don't have the ability to always be more of that master creator, that master chef, and have that vision and and speak their mind. Uh, I think that a lot of people say that, and I think at times they just don't even try. Um, Not always. Like, look, I get it 100%. There are things where you just cannot rock the boat and you will be fired, 100%. But as a self-employed independent freelancer contractor, I do find that we are going into an economy more and more every single day where the person who just wants to take orders, they will be replaced by robots, by AI, by technology. Um, And it is the people who have vision, who have ideas, and we're willing to speak those things up. So rather than when somebody comes to you and says, this is what I want, and you keep your mouth shut and you do it, you speak up and you have ideas. And I have found, and I have so many scenarios through myself and those that I, which I've worked with as well, where I have, because, and I was even talking to Janice about this, you know, sometimes, um, what I find that when people have opportunities that they've de- designated that they no longer want to do, um, that all of a sudden you take on this, this master chef and you're like, all right, you know, it's, it's not a, my way or the highway approach. It's still a collaborative approach, but it is, is very much that it's, it's collaborative, not just because I think that a lot of, especially creatives, which attracted my world, when they become order takers, the creativity is sucked out of them. Right. But so what happens when they're like, yes, I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to speak my, you know, my mind on these things what happens though is is people will come in and they'll still bark orders they'll still have things that they say do this or do that now what you can do is what a lot of people do is they do one of two things which really i'll add a third but one of two things is they either keep their mouth shut and then complain behind the scenes and do the project that's usually the first that's what a lot of people go through right? In, in the beginning stages of like somebody's willing to give me money. It's a warm body. I'm going to do it. I don't care what it is. I don't even care if this is something I really want to do. Somebody within the realm, that was me with video. Geb's Total Video was my company. So if somebody was willing to pay me to do something that involved a computer and a camera, it pretty much on certain levels didn't matter what it was. I would figure out how to do it. But the more I did those things, the more I found that there was things that I excelled at more than others that I desire to do more than others. But then there reached a point, this is where the, my way decision came in where, you know, I couldn't figure out why some projects, you know, here's great projects. Here's not so great projects. Like I'm just not having fun. And so there's that aspect that you can just take the job, complain behind, like you reach that stage in the beginning. People are just tickled to death. I mean, I really get it. Like when you're brand new to something, even for free, or paid, you're just tickled to death that somebody's willing to, you know, pay you or allow you to do something. So you do it. Then as you start to figure out, oh, there's things I like more than others. I don't know that I really want to do these. These are not fun. These are stressful. These are whatever. Right. But then you still do those things and you just complain behind the scenes. Number two is that you don't take them and you just say no to those things. Now, my suggestion is you add a third one which is where you add in the vision for what you do do. And I I could probably add in a few more here because sometimes there's do what you are getting paid to do that's an easy yes for you and do the thing that you want to do. That was my same day edit. So I got paid to do what was easy to sell because I couldn't sell the same day edit very easily, but I could sell these other types of offerings through weddings. So most of my same day edits in the beginning of my career were free. Because I was like, I know I love it. I know people love it. If I can't convince them uh, to, to pay extra for it, then I'm just going to do it. So that is a way as well. Get paid to do what you what you easily can get a yes for and then do the thing you really want to do for that person so that you can have it as a sample for the next time you go to try to sell it or that you might then be able to convert them that way where then that, that client with what you're working on ends up seeing, you know, you're like, hey, I want to try something okay. And then you just go ahead and do it. And they're like, wow. Okay. That's even better than what I thought I wanted. Right. Then you can become confident enough to where you can speak your mind, speak your vision and explain why you do what you do and say, if you really want what you want, what you say you want, then I'm not your guy or I'm not your gal. And I had many times where somebody came in wanting something that effectively, I mean, one of my coaching clients, uh, Probably about a year ago now, that I remember explicitly, we went back and forth for a number of weeks. And then he had sent me a, a message and was like, You know, I really would like you to be more of an accountability person. Like, I'd like you to send me messages, you know, on the regular, da 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 da, keep me accountable for moving forward. And, you know, I did exactly that with coaching. So I only have my two particular categories of video production and coaching. And then I, I, you know, have dealt with a number of different people and have seen it work in other things. But my specific examples work there 100%. And definitely I've seen work elsewhere um, where, you know, when I explain why, what I think about accountability, why I do it the way I do it, signed up immediately. And that's what I've seen even with my video because a lot of people don't do that because they are afraid. You know, if you know how to do something, or you're used to doing something a certain way and somebody comes with you with money to do that thing, you do it. And that's why people end up going from either, for me, I, you know, I never really had a job except for when I was in high school. When I graduated, I've had my video production company and then coaching now, and I've been self-employed since I was like 19. Uh, but other people go from corporate and they end up with something they don't like any more than the corporate because they fall into that category where they start in the beginning again, because I think it's always a, it, it's a it's a process, it's a it's a transition. because again, I think in the beginning, most people are thrilled to be able to do the thing that they just the, the, the area that they want to be in. And then from there it, it, it continually transitions to where you do things. you you know that you you're like, I like this more, I don't like this. And then you come to a place where you really know what you like and then you know what you don't like but you don't get to regularly do what you do like because a lot of people may or may not come to you for that. Right. It's like, I used to have creatives back in the day. They wouldn't bring, you know, their extra cameras or their gimbals or the glide cams or the drones, or, I mean, I wasn't drones back in the day, actually when I was doing it, but like they had all this gear and they wouldn't do these things. And I have found that the way I'm wired Inside of me, if I'm making a choice to do something, so like right now, I'm making a choice to be on this call. This ultimately right now is is a free call, right? And then I get on the phone with people. I get on Zoom with people. I get on Voxer with people. But essentially, if you listen to me interact with people throughout the week, overall, You wouldn't know if someone's basically, I'll just say, if someone's paying me or not paying me, I won't say a little, a lot or anything, but just paying me or not paying me. It's the same thing with video. When I did video, uh, I reached a point in my career where I recognized that, um,
1: you know, where, you know. I just, I had to do things I was proud
0: of. And so when I'm offering these packages, if people booked me and I allowed them, cause that's really what happened. I allowed people to book me for whatever. And I allowed them to book me for things that I was not passionate about. Um, or not, not, not that I wasn't passionate about, but allowed them to book me for what was for me to create something less than I knew how to do. I still do what I, I still would do what I knew what I was capable of because I didn't want to create something that was in fear. I, I I had, and I don't know where that fully came from. I know my dad has been a great example in my life of someone who's always shown up and done his best and always has served and helped people. Um, so that's a big uh, influence in my life, but it's something I've always done. If I'm making the choice to do something, then I'm going to do the best of what I'm capable of. So there's no one who hears me speak or interact with them, uh, you know, 99% of the time, you know, I'm human. There's times where, you know, I go to the grocery store or something and I'm, I'm not in the mood to talk to people. You know, I just got to say that. I think sometimes people, you know, uh, may or may not assume, I don't know that, you know, I, I just walk around with a happy go lucky face and friendly, like 24, seven, And it is the majority by far, and then I just have days, I think, like anybody else, but, you know, they're, they're a day here or there. They're not weeks, months, or years. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, by default, like, when I interact with people, it doesn't matter. I mean, Janice can maybe speak for you. You know, we spend a lot of time in the car and whatnot. And it's like, you know, I, I, I just, I love people. And so it doesn't matter whether someone's paying or not. If I make the choice to be with you, uh, I'm going to even give you my best. When I made a choice to do a video, Uh, I'm going to do my best Uh, when I did that back in the day. And I believe that that made a huge difference in my career because there will be people who, uh, what I've learned through the years, who, uh, again, they end up uh, building companies and doing things where it sucks the life out of them because they're not, as Norman's saying, they're playing all out, right? And they're allowing themselves to be booked For whatever craft it is that they're doing and they're allowing themselves to be booked for things that they effectively uh aren't excited about and in the beginning again you'll have the excitement when you lose the excitement that affects what you're doing and so where are we at in the chat (laughs) i love it i love it carolina that's a that's a quite a quite a face i've got going on there quite a face questions where are we at questions 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 a new person on here today kinga how you doing kinga 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 i love when there's a new name how's kinga doing questions questions thoughts Oh, you're returning. I must have. I don't always look at all the names. So you're saying you're returning. Awesome. (laughs) Look at the surname. Norman says, are you related to John Lennon?
1: I guess I got to ask that for, uh, for everybody questions, questions. (laughs) you getting some royalties love it questions i'm gonna wait here a second today what's on your mind I always love to take a new person. Want me to get you here? Kinga, would you want to pull on, uh, put on your camera today? Kinga, would you be willing to get on camera? Okay. All right. Let's try to take a new
0: person on this call. So how to monetize what people love to do. And then Kinga uh, stuck on launching. So um, if you can give more context there. So, you know, I think when people, you know, it's easy to stay safe when we don't launch things because technically people think that they can't fail if they don't launch. But the reality is what I've programmed my mind to, to believe is that, you know, Uh, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to know, you're going to know when you don't ask, you don't try, at least when you try, there's an opportunity for something good to happen. And I think that is, is the same for, um, just about anything, right? Like you already lose by not launching, by not doing, by not taking the action you are by default losing. You're not a loser, but you are by default losing, right? Um, I believe in sports, most sports, at least I might be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure that if a team doesn't show up in any, in any kind of, uh, you know, competitive, you know, soccer, baseball, football, you know, if the other team doesn't uh, show up, then by default, they lose, right? Like, so that's the thing when we've got to think about, and, you know, it's back to the topic of last week, right around procrastination. Why aren't you launching? You know, what is it that you're, Stuck on. Uh, there was a guy here a number of weeks ago that I did a call with, and you know, I I kind of joke because when I talked to him, uh, you know, he I went what I called fishing and and tried to find a problem or a challenge. But this particular person at that moment in time, I felt like was in a great place, but they had been getting ready to get ready to get ready to get ready to get ready, and they hadn't launched, and it was really just a permission right? And then they made $10,000 over the next month. Now there's a lot of variables, right? That's what people hear. And it's like, you could be getting ready to get ready too. And then you launch in your first month, you make 500. And so you hear me say 10,000. Think, I remember when my, my friend and I back in the day <clears throat> um, launched uh, something, but the people we were following, we were so convinced that we were going to make 50,000 our first month that when we made 8,000, we thought we were losers. Now, maybe you're of a different mindset. You're on mind tune of time, but even I, the mind mechanic, if you will, has, has dealt with those things, right? Because my influences were having me believe that we would do $50,000 based on all the variables that we had fed to them. And so when you hear me say something like a guy got on here and all he needed to do was launch and he does 10,000 in his first month that you could hear that and do 500 and then feel like you were failure. When in fact, um, yeah, created basic music theory for beginners was piano teacher for many years. Just not sure how to, uh, I don't know what that, there's a big space there go via this process of launching, confusing me for so far, but see, here's the thing. Do you know human beings? I'm going to dumb this down because I think that so many times, like we say, we don't know how to do something, but in fact, we either, I find don't want to don't like to because learning how to do something um, it's everywhere, whether it's paid, whether it's free, whether it's YouTube, it's expensive, it's cheap that the how to's are in abundance. And then what I realized is there's a lot of how-tos that really are just very simply, I don't want-tos, right? Because I guarantee there's plenty of things that you've learned that uh, are even potentially simpler things at times in your life that you know how to do, but you might've wanted to do that. That's back to the whole concept of music. What I didn't bring into the variable is a person like who's being forced to do something, who doesn't want to do it, right? But that aspect of... um, I always start with the warm people, with people that you know, right? Like, so are there people that if you were
1: a... uh, Yeah, but, but see,
0: it's foreign to me and to do it in a poor manner is not acceptable. So that's conflict against you. What I just said about doing best you might be at a 1 your best might be a 1 and somebody else like what you observe is when you'll be a 10 but you're a 1 which if it's not acceptable then you never get beyond a 1 because you you you're you're trying to stay in your head to be able to do something excellent that you can't just by nature of not practicing it's like i if i can't play the guitar amazing i'm never going to pick up the guitar right and so there's lots of ways to launch. There is no right way, there is no wrong way, and there is no perfect way, right? You could literally uh, I mean, first of all, I, I just think that more people, uh, if you're not great at marketing, you know, if're if you're gonna do this stuff online, right, uh, I've never been excellent like marketer, copywriter, like doing those things. So I've had to leverage my ability to um, use my charisma and use my ability to connect. This is my skill set. This is my gift, right? And so, um, you know, I have made the majority of money I've made in coaching just in the last three years specifically really as a collective whole, well, zero ads, zero ads. And um, uh, I think as a collective whole, no landing pages. So if you go, like, what I would do is, is, I would do things like this, right? And I would do Facebook Lives. I would put up motivational quotes. I would type out motivational things, uh, inspiring, encouraging, you know, coaching-esque, whatever. And I would put these things specifically. I would say most of it either came in private through phone conversations or came through Facebook specifically for me. And I would just be posting things that are just delivering value. And then I would reach out to the people who have engaged with that content and said, hey, here is what I'm doing. Here's what I have. And so what I find is, and I was talking to Janice about this, the problem is, is that for a lot of people, depending on what they're doing, when they bring out something brand new, you can get a bunch of sales initially by doing things like that. But where, um, you know, It really depends. There's plenty of businesses. If you're going more high touch rather than high tech, then I do believe that you can build a business. And usually high touch usually uh, would, I would say come with higher dollar amounts, right? So for me to go film somebody's wedding, not some, uh, you know, it's not being filmed by a robot or AI. It's not like, you know, um, I don't know. I think there might be companies like this exists where they'll just have, people from the wedding film with their phones and then they edit it, but it's not four or $5,000 because it's not going to be high quality or high caliber. There's no, uh, personal brand associated with it. It's just somebody who, you know, can't afford to have somebody or doesn't want to spend the money. So they're like, Hey, we'll just have our guest film and we'll have somebody edit it. Right. And there's some companies that'll do that. And so, um, you know, what you've got to keep in mind is that when you're high touch, you can get away with, because look, if you're selling something for three to $5,000, you don't need a lot of people to make a lot of money. If you're selling something for $10, you need a lot of people to make a lot of money. And if you're selling something for $10 and need a lot of people to make a lot of money, then you have to know how to drive traffic. Typically, you know, traffic can come in the form of advertising. It can come in the form of affiliates. Affiliates are you're great at collaboration. You've got something that you know converts and people want to promote it. They promote it. You make money, they make money. Right. So they have an audience that you don't have. And by proxy, you're able to go to their people and put your stuff in front of them. Right. And so then there's social media. I mean, to consistently. Because you're going to have a portion of your people that are never going to buy. So if you had 10,000 people that were, you know, uh, on your YouTube channel right now, and you've never sold them anything, you brought something out, you're going to get a portion of those people to buy. And then there'll be a trickle. If you never gained more than those 10,000 people, you just would have a trickle of people out of that audience who over time would continue to, to buy. But if you wanted to consistently make the same amount of money as you made off that launch to the 10,000 people that were never sold to before, you'd have to continually grow that audience and you would continually get a sector of those people. And so what a lot of people who are going, you know, a course route, and they're selling it from, you know, 50 to 500 bucks is that they don't know how to get eyeballs, you know, and, 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 and that's, it, it's it's quite frankly, that simple. Like it doesn't need to be, it's not complicated. It's just like I ran ads for a buddy's business that I was collaborating with him back in 2014. And I was running the ads. I did it for five months. I hated it just to prove again, I'm not driven by money. I mean, we did $200,000 in five months and 50% of that roughly was spent on ads. And I was running the ads and then we hired somebody and that didn't go quite well, but I hated running the ads. Like I, I didn't like messing with that. I'm a very, like obsessive person. So I get very intense in the areas that I do things. And so I just was obsessive compulsive around studying and you know, updating them. And a lot of people I see running ads, a few people here and there have a couple ads running and they they do decent with it by just having a few and they are just in the right niche or whatever. And the product is just something that sells well. And they don't have to be epic at ads. And then there's people who do well with ads and they've got like, you know, literally probably, hundreds if not thousands of variations of ads running to different types of audiences and ages and different were, you know, copywriting and and they become obsessed with that. Um, And so, but I mean, you literally could initially at least get things going through where you were a teacher, you know, and the people you're connected with and they maybe can be your beta users. I think so many people forget the process of like, just get people to, even if it is for free upfront, just get people to consume, what it is that you have to prove that people learn from it, like it, you know, uh, et cetera. And so what else we got here? Uh, I have always been pushed and always strive for excellence to initiate uh, in a manner that looks terrible beginner. and you know, Yeah, well, all I would say is how's that working for you? If it's working, then keep doing what's working. That's what I always people have said to me right if If so, if something's working for you, then keep doing it. But if it's not working, then you've got a question what What are you willing to do about it? So, if being perfect and excellent before you start works, then keep doing it. If it's preventing you from success succeeding in business, then it's obviously not working. I don't know that answer for you, Carolina, but I know that striving for excellence, I do as well, but simultaneously there's a fine balance between I'm not good at this. And so I have to show up and fall flat on my face. And that can be in private. That can be in public. I've fallen on my face many times in public. Uh, But it's not about that. I have, I don't believe in perfection as it is uh, because I think that uh, the reality is, is that's only a mirage. You know, it's, it's, you can show 20 people, something and five like it five hate it five love it you know five are indifferent and so who's right and who's wrong right uh uh perfect gail love it uh yeah so high touch norman is what i'm saying right people liking commenting i reach out to them but i'm usually selling something that's five hundred to three thousand dollars you know, uh, in my coaching, depending on what I'm doing, right? In my video production, it was three to five thousand dollars, or thirty thousand dollars, twenty five thousand, ten thousand dollars, and so. Just imagine for one second that you got thirty people to sign up for three thousand dollars. That's ninety thousand dollars, right? Not much of a mathematician here, but we'll just round that up to a hundred thousand. But a hundred thousand divided by something that's ten dollars, you need ten thousand people. You're probably going to need to get in front of 100,000 people to sell your 10,000 people. I mean, that's what, you know, having worked for some online marketing companies, the conversion rates are basically m- mediocre at best. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, again, I, I might if I got the right people in front of me, I could talk to, you know, 50 people and get 30 to sign up. Right And if it's three thousand dollars again, let's just say that's ninety thousand, but you're never gonna be able to talk to ten thousand people right I mean depending on how long your conversations are right but so when you're setting up something that's more in the e commerce where you need basically quantity to purchase from you, uh, you need to be able to drive a lot of traffic because you know uh you don't typically see i mean uh, For the most part, things that are zero touch, like they're just seeing something and they're clicking the buy button, right? That the conversion rates are like 0.5% up to 3%. So you just do that math on what it is. If you're not going to talk to people, get on the phone with people, message people, and you're just hoping that you're going to spray and pray, spray and pray as I posted it and I hope that people see it and then I hope people click it and then I hope people buy it, right? Right if you're going to do that, you need a high volume of people. And then if your stuff's good enough, and you can get in and then make the math, the math, because then it's just a numbers game, you make the math work, then you can get it to work for you. Right? Because now, if you can figure out on whatever method to drive a certain amount of traffic to your thing, and you know, if I get a 1000 people, I get 10 sales. And and by doing that, it costs this much money to do it or whatever, um, then it works. Right? So when you're, low touch high tech and you need automations and you know webinars and email campaigns and all those things to convert people then you need to start being good at a lot of different things right or you need to be good at delegating and hiring people to be good at things that you're not good at or don't want to learn whereas if you're good at the thing that you're selling depending on what it is and how much you can charge for it you can talk to less people if you're actually going to interact I did a poll inside of a group called Full-Time Filmmaker once, and I polled and got about 60 people to vote. And out of those people, um, I asked the question, if you get an email, I'm going to ask all of you before I answer this. For whatever it is, um, I'll look back up here in a second. So if you got an email right now, if somebody emailed you, text, you, you see the written word, there's written word. If you got an email about what it is that you do, and they were curious about booking you. Would you attempt to keep it in the format that um, they communicated with you in, i.e., email uh, or text? Would you just text them or type them or uh, do that back and forth to try to close the, the job? Or would you attempt to get on the phone or Zoom or some other form of, of communication? Which would you do? Not yes or no answers. Which would you
1: do? Would you get on the phone or would you stay in email? So you can put phone or email. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, I got <laughs> probably no coincidence here. <laughs> no coincidence in this group. That that wasn't my group that I did this poll in, but the, the, no coincidence that the people on this call... <laughs> are all wired like me, uh, basically. So, of the people in this particular group who were a lot of videographers, um, they essentially, there was, a, I can't remember the percentages, that group was a lot more introverted. So, a lot of them said uh, email, they would stay in email. And when I went and followed up in Messenger and uh, talked to these people, I asked what the highest paid gig that they had gotten. And of the people who were willing to get on the phone or could meet them in person, if it was a local gig, but they did some kind of auditory, uh, contact. Uh, and then the people who stayed in email, the people who stayed in email, the highest paid job any of them had gotten was $1,500. The highest paid job of the person who got on the phone or was good at building relationships or would talk or be in person was $38,000. um, with an average of four to $8,000. So therefore, in that particular category of people in filmmaking and video, the people who were not really willing to get on the phone or meet with people or talk to people, they would rather just stay an email or text message or, or try to, to do things there that most of them, now there's people out there who are really good at those kinds of things, but most of those people uh, didn't get a paying job more than 1,500. And yet, Four to 8,000 was the average, with the highest paid person at 38,000 when it came to relationships and conversations and phone and auditory. So I've seen this time and time again that more times than not, um, it's why I see a lot of more introverted people building course businesses um, because the course people tend not always, but tend to be more introverted they don't like to repeat themselves. Like they doesn't mean they don't like people. It doesn't mean they don't like talking to people at all, but by default, they, the course makes a lot of sense. Curriculum, structure, system, step-by-steps, uh, not repeating themselves. Uh, you know, and, and what I find is, is that for people like me, uh, I don't really like any of that. I love talking to people, but that's been an advantage in my career. So, have I been an expert at advertising in the big picture of my career? No. Have I been an expert at copyrighting? Uh, no. I've been an expert at being great. When I was great, I was great at video. When I'm great, I'm great at coaching. But the way I've, I've really achieved the business in that is being great at it, You know, getting to a place of excellence over time, because we all suck when we start. Something new, we will suck at it. It is very unlikely that one just intellectually learns something by listening, watching thinking, reading, and then not doing that they become great, that the first time they do something that they're great at it. It just typically is not likely. Um, And so, so let's see here. So if you lead in with a low price offer to get them in the door, you think that's not a good process. Get them in the door. Yeah, I mean, look, this is where questions like this have to uh, be an asterisk, right? The majority of my video career, I never, I quote, never had a low priced offer that I offered before somebody, like somebody didn't book me for 400 dollars like a couple didn't book me for $350 to do an engagement shoot and then pay me three to five thousand dollars to do their wedding. Like the majority of people from 2012, well, first of all, my entire career, because the reality is, is when I did things for cheaper, it wasn't always leading to something more expensive. It wasn't always a getting in the door. I'm big on at times free. I will say that I've used a, a free to fee method. Um, but I'm not doing something different. I'm just doing what I do, paid for free, sometimes to build trust, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So could it be cheaper? I'm a bigger proponent that if you have more expensive things, sometimes uh, in my career, i just rather do it for free than do it like highly discounted or cheap and then try to go higher. It's easier to put the value at what it is and say, hey, I know that and I just do the thing and then I can take them and do more for them for paid. But yeah, the majority of my career, I just got paid to do it. Like all my couples, I never did free things. The free thing I did was maybe they saw my same to edit. so they were at somebody else's wedding who paid me, and then they saw my work there and said, "I want that for my wedding." Uh, but I did not offer them something low price. That is, is, is you know, I guess a marketing one on one of internet online people. But there are plenty of businesses that also exist online who poke and prod and crap all over that method. And they only sell high, you know, quote unquote, high price, high ticket, high whatever you, you want to call it. But they go straight from a, a webinar to a, uh, a phone consult and sell you something for three to five, 10, 15, dollars And they do not sell a $7 ebook and then a $99 video course and then a $500 video course and then a thousand dollar thing. Like that's a method And if, again, it's working for you and you're excited about it, then do it. But I'm always going, if there's an easier way that I can get to the result, which for me, it's just, I mean, dumbing it down to the activity, it's talking, right? Now, I don't like chit-chat. I'm not a big chit-chat person and just random talking. I, all my conversations with people as a collective whole I mean, there's my parents and some, you know, my wife and and a few people that I'm not always having these kinds of conversations, but the majority of people I interact with, I am. And, uh, and so um, I just want to do this. I don't want to put together and do 500 other activities so that I can get to this activity. That's just me. Some people don't ever want to get to this activity and therefore they do all the other things. And then some people like both. So you always have to figure out you. I know I don't like both and I don't like the one. I only like this. So therefore, I have to design my business and my life to take advantage of this skill set. Michael's making money when his mouth is moving. So when I'm having conversations and interactions and making connections and getting on the phone, that's how I make money easiest. And anytime I've continued to try to learn or do the other skills, I get bored. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. It's not fun. It's not fulfilling. And so, therefore, I can have a living without any of that as a whole, right? And it's just simply accepting it. Uh, yeah, Hi. Yep. Norman, uh, there are musicians that are perfect. Technically the way the audience receives it is another aspect altogether. Likewise with coaches, some know what they do well, but cannot teach it. I'm sure you've experienced that. Yes. Uh, how can I relate to that? My courses and I'm not sure anyone can learn and understand. I know how to be a teacher just need to get it out. Yeah. And, and first and foremost, I mean, have you even, I don't, you know, do you post anything anywhere? I mean, I, I, I see this a lot in at times when I was doing stuff in Samcarp. People don't post anything anywhere. Like if I go to your social media platforms, there's nothing on there. Not everybody, but a lot of people. There's nothing in relationship to what you do anywhere. You don't talk about it. You don't write about it. You don't do videos about it. You don't do anything about it. You just are excited then to to, to sell a course about it. But nobody knows it exists because you're not out there talking about it, writing about it, or putting something out about it. And so um, that's step one sometimes, unless you're willing to become, I mean, there are people who put out no social media. That's another aspect of people. There are people who have no social media, but they they are slash they have hired experts at marketing and advertising. Because again, if you don't do affiliates, which is relationship building, having some great product, and relationship building. That's affiliates. Then there's social media, which means you have to post stuff. Typically consistent, get really great at it. Then there's advertising. Now there's a whole slew of other things that probably exist, but I would say by default, those are the three main things, right? Affiliates, like from a uh, just volume perspective, right? Because the one I'm talking about is neither affiliates, social media uh, per se, or um, uh, advertising, right? Social media a little bit, but not being an expert, like growing a huge audience, um, just simply posting things and posting around the topic and area that I essentially want to be doing things in, but not uh, being an expert at tags, titles, descriptions, or making very specific type of content with certain keywords in it and all these kinds of stuff. You know, I really fall into the category of relationships and connections. Um, and some of my biggest deals in the last uh, you know, three years have come through that avenue, not through my posting on social media. Um,
1: and so. Yeah, and Gail says that, and I think that's great, right? That's what I'm never,
0: this is never do it my way. It's always do it your way. And if it's, if, if what you're trying to do is working, keep doing it keep working it that's the ben rector story of today right it's that the success that he's having in music now is because he kept releasing albums he kept releasing music it didn't die in his heart head or hard drive he kept releasing he kept being consistent he kept playing And I wish I would have could have asked more questions because I would assert, depending on certain variables with his wife and kids, there was probably a little period of time that maybe he even had a job or he had something to continue to pay some of the bills, and/or which I've seen people do—they just lived super, super, super frugally and were really smart with their money and needed very little. Like he might not have been doing ten or twenty or fifty thousand dollars a month with his music, but maybe he was doing three or four thousand. he played enough gigs and did enough, and he was making three or four, thousand and they lived off a couple thousand a month. That's very possible. But he kept doing it. and then eight, ten, you know, 12 years later, he has a big break, but he kept releasing, right? If stuff's dying on your heart, your head and in your hard drives, like you can't be found. You can't have that break happen, right? Um, but that's where, you know, saying what's authentic, a blend of both. Absolutely. And if that's who you are, then do the blend of both 100,000%. Right. This is, like I said, it's not the, my way it's, what are you going to show up and consistently do? What is the thing you're willing to do? Cause again, some, it's not, not a matter of intelligence. It's a matter of lack of desire or lack of willingness to do something, um, So let's see. Uh, Yeah, and I hear that too, Carol. I never did free, right? People out there that, that's just where I love. I love banter, uh, or if you want to call it banter, but I love opposing views. I used to not because I didn't know how to respond. (laughs) But now, like, I absolutely love opposing views because one, I don't need to be right about things. So there's times where I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. I'm willing to readjust. But then there's also where I'm not willing to readjust because I know that there there's people that, one, they either have a, a, a bad perspective on something or they don't know any better. Uh, probably those are the two, right? They don't know any better. They don't know a different way, and so they haven't done it, and then their way is working. or they are doing it a way that isn't working. So a lot of people, when people have heard me say free, I've had people who are just like, oh my God, free work's horrible, stupid, don't do it. Worst thing you could ever do. But I've I've had bad free work and good free work. Bad free work is, I'm going to hook you up. I got all these people and I know all these people and I'm going to give you all this exposure and right. People coming to you, Most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time, I have found that people who do free work for people who are talking about hooking people up, and if you do order taker free work, which is not work you're excited to do, but you're going to do it anyways because you're so enthralled by the exposure that most of those people don't do squat for you. They're takers, not givers. They take from you and they'll take from you and then we'll do anything for you and you'll just work your butt off and then you'll be resentful of them and you'll have a bad taste in your mouth around free. I know plenty of people who have strategically, and I've had that kind of free work, did plenty of it early in my career. Then I have done strategic free work where I have leveraged it in a multitude of ways to open doors, uh, gain trust and uh. That's that. I mean, look. The reality is, this is this is free. Like, you're not going to use social media and not be using utilizing free. Um, and so, I don't, I don't do that. I don't need practice on you. I know. Yeah. So see, but see, there's that's okay. <laughs> I don't need to practice you. I know my trade. Working for many years in the industry, I deliver. My prices are high. I don't compromise. Yeah, absolutely. But see, that's bad advice to a brand new person. And that's my humble opinion, right? I, people reach certain levels in their career where they don't ever, ever need to do a, a free project. It's no different than I had a, a guy once for a wedding is the dad goes, hey, my daughter's really, really beautiful. And she'd be great in your portfolio. Uh, do you think you could give us a discount? Which was a weird thing in and of itself. But like I was, I was at a point in my career where I had so many leads, I didn't need to discount. So that would be an example where it's all about where someone is at in their career. Um, You know, for me, I think that that's why generic advice to the broad and to the masses uh, is, is, is a double-edged sword at times. And that's why I really prefer overall things that are one-on-one because there's nuances and depending on where someone's at in their life cycle of their career or their journey uh, will at times depend on the advice given. If you've seen all the one-on-ones I've done with people, You know, there's a really a particularness into what I'm saying to people, right? I'm not always, the questions I ask and the answers I receive dictate the answers I give. You know, some people give the same answer no matter what question, or no matter what answer they receive from the person. I received a lot of that kind of help in my career and it caused me more harm than good. The good that came out of it was that I'm able to flip the negatives into positives and now I'm using a lot of it in my career to help people now. So it was good, but in the short term for me, it caused me a lot more, um, you know, difficulty and struggle in the short term. Um, Carolina is just on fire here today with with comments. Uh, uh, yeah, so, so I mean, personal high touch plus automation. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that that's uh, me being able to offer services and support and resources without me having to be in person three sixty five. Uh, I think it helps that I can do my own tech. Yeah. And I think, again, it all depends on what kind of business that we're building. This book right here that just came out, notice the names on the front of it. Amy Hardison and Alan D. Thompson, Ford by Ilanya. I- 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 Anla. He's on the back not even any testimonials as you've noticed there are no testimonials on the on the back of this book right this guy didn't even write the book he's been coaching for 30 years and has had a multi-million dollar practice coaching people one on one privately with no newsletter and if you follow his facebook you wouldn't necessarily even know what he does and i'm obsessed with finding people who have achieved what most say is not possible and so it's that aspect of to the degree that you have I mean look email newsletters and things are great there's nothing wrong with any of that there's no there's there's certain things that you know are repetitive tasks that it's great to automate with if possible with technology 100 percent I'm just a byproduct of if, if one is having for people who are extremely extroverted and, and people people and, and all on one side like me at times we can build businesses there's lots of people like us who've built businesses with not all the fanciness right and then there's people like us who delegate and have teams and have the fanciness and there's everywhere in between for people who are nothing like me the opposite and they build it with fanciness or they build it with unfanciness too so it's all in knowing yourself well enough so that you build a business in life that you love that's in your joy that you have fun with and that works for you but knowing that really anything is possible and if you're doing something that's causing you a lot of struggle What is the result you're trying to get to anyways? A lot of people who build these online businesses, yes, they want time and financial freedom, but they like business. They like marketing. Not all, but a lot of them. I'll talk about passive income, and I assert that most of them
1: are not very passive because they like what they do, so they do it. we need a you should keep pushing your products awesome G. awesome awesome love it is on that that's why the podcast or something similar like you're doing now that's possible right so it's new territory for me All right.
0: yeah but that's where yeah podcasts youtube channels these things are great but it's like that's where it has to be released right it can't be found if it's on your computer and then to the degree that it has success there's a lot of variables i mean we can look you can be consistent There was a guy that once uh was in my world and this guy had loaded for like three to five years, I think he had like 700 videos or something. And he had like hundred subscribers and 10,000 views across all the videos. And he was consistent, but to the best of my knowledge, he had no success with it. Right. Um, I mean, something I don't talk about enough, and that's why it just depends on what you're doing, but there is a talent perspective that comes into this. Right. But that's why this is called mind tune of time, not talent tune of time. Right. Because I have seen people, and it depends on, again, what you're doing. I think YouTube, I think social media. Now, some people could look at people and say, hey, this person just shakes their rear end, and they're not really talented, and that they have millions of followers. Well, that's a whole other debate. Uh, That's a whole other thing. But like a lot of people who are providing services to people, which is a lot of the people I deal with. I I deal with a lot more people who are kind of service-oriented in the sense that they're going to probably provide a service that involves connection with the individual that they sell to, uh, depending on what it is that they do. And so um, in that realm of providing a service to someone, um, talent matters, but mindset matters more. Whereas if all you do is consistently post on YouTube every day, but you don't, and especially now, if you did that in 2008, you could be less talented. You do it in 2021. You can't be less talented, uh, and that's just—it's just fact. I got 10,000 subscribers. I stopped loading for a couple of years. Right now, I have no—I have no. Uh, there's no knock on my talent for the fact that my average views on YouTube right now have like 30 to 100 views. And right now I've just gotten them loaded up again. I am not trying to be really good at titles, tags and descriptions. I'm just building the habit of getting them uploaded again. But I know plenty of people who are super talented and do things on YouTube. And as YouTube evolved, uh, they got dinged for the kind of content that they put out. And so people now prefer to watch or listen to their content on podcasts rather than YouTube. Um, But when it comes to, again, the high touch and more low tech at times, you can be less good but have the right attitude and mindset because I've known extremely talented people who are not doing well financially because they got a really bad attitude, they got a bad mindset, they don't believe in themselves, they don't believe they're worth anything. If you don't believe you're worth anything, you won't charge anything. Even when there's somebody before you who'd be willing to pay you, you'll get less than a person who may have less talent but has more confidence than you. I've seen that a lot in my career. People with less talent but more confidence get higher-paying clients than people with uh, more talent and less confidence. If you combine the two, talent and confidence, you you'll blow everybody out of the water. Um, but a lot of the things on social media and podcasts, you first got to be consistent. So you find your voice, you find a rhythm. Uh, but typically, a lot of these things, you, you, you've got to learn how to um, – get in front of people, promote it. Right. And I think that that's what people at times, like I've always been a promoter. Uh, I, I you know, typically I like to tell people about what I got going on.
1: Um, um, Yeah, maybe we'll end on that here. Or
0: we'll see what else comes in here. I know, Carolina, you got you got a lot. I appreciate it. You get the, getting the conversation going. You know, like this guy I've been following, Alex hormozi, There is no passive income. I mean, if you put something in in the in the you know S and P five hundred index funds or certain things where the money can compound over time, that's about the only passive income that can be created, because everything else is a sliding scale of to what degree of effort and time you still have to put in. A lot of people who build these businesses that make people feel like they don't have to do anything, part of the problem is is that by proxy of the word passive and not wanting to have to work, people don't want to put in all the work. And then a lot of times there's still consistent effort that has to be put in on some level to get it to work. Because, you know, uh, uh... And that's why I'm a firm believer that really what I preach more than anything is that you're doing something and building something that you want to do, not building something that you don't want to do so that you can then do what you want to do. Because what I find is building something that one doesn't want to do doesn't take one very far. At least people who aren't very driven. 100%. If you don't got the Ferrari engine in your vehicle where you're just willing to bleed your eyes out, sleep when you're dead type of mentality, and that resonates with you, if that resonates with you, you'll make anything work just as who they are i don't attract many people like that how many people on my on the live session here today resonate with the fact that they like to bleed their eyes out sleep when they're dead work 24 7 and that it just sounds like hell yes rock and roll i just want to go nonstop, go 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 and i don't care keyword here i don't care what i'm working on i just like work right? That's not me. I like to quote unquote work. I like to do what I love, but I don't want to do what I don't want to do overall. And there's some things that I, I don't want to do that I have to do in certain periods of time, but those are those are not consistent. Meaning if you have something that you hate or don't want to like, and it's going to take you five years of doing it to get to the other side of that, you'll probably never make it if you're not that person I just described. So that's why I believe that the majority, the 80-20 rule of what you do is things that you want to get better at, that you're excited about. Because remember, one person's blessings, another's curse. So there could be something that I love to do that somebody else hates to do, right? And they don't want to do. So if I love doing that thing, believe that everybody should do that thing, and I have zero self-awareness about human beings, then I will tell a person who is nothing like me, has no desire to be like me, or you know, do things like me. See you, King. Kinga, appreciate you being here today. Hope to see you again soon. Um, but and then I shove my way of doing things onto that person, which is what I had a lot in coaching that I received. Is I had people telling me to do things having no. Uh, And here's what I found is because a lot of the people, this is what I've come to find in my, in my career. A lot of the people I received coaching from weren't really coaches. They were masquerading as coaches in the realm of really being marketers, right? So they were really great marketers. They weren't really great coaches. And so they gave advice. They helped people but they weren't really great coaches. They were really great marketers. So they spent more time marketing what they were selling. There he is, the man, the myth, the legend. He's selling a course. The other myth, the legend, you just sent me (laughs) a picture of. Uh, So that's what I found is that a lot of those people are not uh, looking at what people uh, want to do. Because that, that thing I started, uh, uh, like, look, I'm obsessed with human behavior, personality, and people. And all my studying is less around marketing and more around people uh, and how they're wired, how they work, how I can help them more. Um, those people are studying how I can get you to convert. How can I drive 50,000 people and get 5,000 of them to buy my $3,000 thing, right? Or how can I get, you know, uh, 10,000 people to buy, you know, my $50 thing, right? Like, but they become, they spend more time marketing than they do learning, which, I mean, there's an overlap. I mean, human psychology and behavior uh, is definitely something that falls into marketing, but it's still very different thing talking to another human being to be able to help them succeed in life than it is to figure out how you can get them to buy what you have. And it just so happens that some people, I mean, I believe it's important to learn or else you don't have a business, which means you don't get to do what you love, right? That's the problem that most people have is because they are really bad marketers. And if you're also, if you're a bad marketer, you're not great at what you do, and we don't tune up your mind, you got a real serious problem because uh, where's my sign? Massive imperfect action is a byproduct of, of getting someone to believe in what they have to offer and, and, and putting it out there in a more massive way. Um, and so what I find is, is that just like the Ben Rector story that we started this with today, the people who aren't what I described a minute ago, the bleed your eyes out, sleep when you're dead, who will do anything and they don't care what they're doing. If you're not that person, then it matters a lot more that you're doing something that you love. And that the majority of time that you're spending doing something is things that you're excited about doing or excited about learning. Because there will be things that we don't want to do, but how consistent. If you have it flipped and you're building a business right now that has 80% of the activities that are involved are things that you wish you didn't have to do or don't want to do and aren't excited about, there's probably a reason why you don't have much money with that thing right now. Because if the thing as a whole is something you're not excited about, like, look, I have passion about what I'm selling and what I have and what I do, right? And I'm proud of it. I've always been proud of what I've done. Well, not always. In The beginning of my career, I was doing things that I was less proud of. And again, the order taker. But once I shifted, I never went back, you know, because it felt so off for me, Right? So I just hope that everybody listening is working on things that they're excited about. The majority of activities in your day-to-day are things that you want to to learn because that's the key. Back to the if you didn't need money, would you keep doing it? What would you keep doing? What would you start doing? What would you stop doing? You need to take a deep look at the stops. I love that G. I go to bed excited to start the day. Yeah. You know, I go to the post office to drop off things with my, uh, uh, with, with my uh, wife and, you know, we're just there this Monday and the one lady goes, Oh, it's Monday. Worst day of the week. In a lot of ways I love all days of the week, but like I've, I've gotten to live a life where I don't look like, I don't per se look forward to the weekend, right? Because I'm not running away from anything. Person who has a job, something they don't like to do, looks forward to something else because they're not getting to do the thing that they want regularly. So they're looking for. It doesn't mean you can't still look forward to things as that type of person. But do you have, do you look forward to the weekend simply because you hate the week? or do you look forward to the weekend because there's you know, stuff you do on the weekend that you don't do during the week or whatever. Like you can look forward to things, but if you're looking forward to the week, if you're looking forward to something because you hate the something you're in and you're looking forward to something else that you don't hate, I just look forward to things because I look forward to things because I'm excited. You know, Like when I went to the bin, when I bought the Ben Rector tickets, I was excited. I look, I was looking forward to going to that, right? Not because I was disliking anything I was currently doing. I was just looking forward to it right right i love the ease right yeah so many people are trying to escape the reality because the reality that they've created which i would assert that i didn't i never saw the world this way in the past but we've all created our reality that's why we're on tune up time again right because the reality is that your thoughts have led to your behavior or your actions, right? Your thoughts about yourself, your thoughts about life, your thoughts about money, your thoughts. If you, if you say, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. I hate money. I wish money didn't need to exist. I wish there was a world that operated without money. I wish everything was just free and I can just do what I loved without money. That's one of the reasons you don't have any. If you think money's the root of all evil, if you think people have money, if you see people with money, you're like, oh, a rich person. Probably a reason you don't have money Right. And so your thoughts have led to your actions, and your actions have created your reality. But good news your thoughts can change, and thus your reality can change because your actions will change. When your actions change, you get different outcomes. When you believe different things, you'll show up in a different way. Right. If you think you're a loser, Are you going to reach out to, like, if I thought I wasn't good at video production, I would have never reached out to Tim Ferriss. I would have never reached out to Tony Robbins. If I thought my work sucks, it's not good enough, that'll never happen, right? I had to first think, I'm good enough. I'm deserving. I'm worthy. My work is good enough. And then number two, I had to even think there was a possibility that I could get a response, Because quite frankly, if I thought, well, that's stupid. I'm never going to get a response. There's no reason,
1: you know, to, there's no reason to send an email, right? So
0: to the degree that you have a confidence about yourself and you believe your stuff is great, who you reach out to, who you call, who you email, completely different. Because if you believe that your stuff is helping people rather than harming people, taking advantage of people, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, you again will reach out. You will put yourself out there. Do you believe that your course will help people, right? Do you believe that your book will help people? Do you believe it will save their life? Do you believe it will make them happier? Do you believe it will help them uh, learn music quicker? Are there people who right now are learning from people that is, is wasting their time? right? But if you believe you're a waste of time, then the actions you take will be far different. So when I was overwhelmed teaching at three different schools, I refused to think about the workload on Sunday because I was trying to catch my breath from the previous work. That makes uh, this time in my life so much sweeter. I'm enjoying this journey. Yeah. And I just don't believe that we should build self-employment that's a jail cell. Just go get a job. You know, Being an entrepreneur and being self-employed means, yes, if you don't delegate or you're trying to build a business that you don't want to learn all the things that are necessary and you're not obsessed and you're not going to delegate or pay for people, then you got to take on a lot of roles that when you were at a job, you didn't have to because you just got to show up, do your job and get paid. You just can't wake up being self-employed or an entrepreneur and get paid. Right? and it gets glamorized and the online marketers are making it super sexy you know, making $5,000 a day, 10,000 a day, 100,000 a month, 10,000 a month, 5,000 a month you know but the reality is like these things still take work that's why I'm not it, there's a whole aspect of like you know the bleed drives out sleep when you're dead I'm saying but it still takes work that's why I believe like When I hear something like Ben Rector, I would do it for free. I love writing. I'm competitive. I love music. I I don't see myself doing anything else. Like that's the thing for me right now. Like I didn't see myself doing anything else, but video back when video came about, because I didn't know there was any other options. I didn't know this was an option, nor when I even got asked to do things like this, did I not want to do it? Because I used to be petrified to speak in front of people. But when I did it a few times, I started to like it. I was not great. I was not who I am today but I kept doing it and 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 I don't see myself doing anything else. I got lots of ideas in my brain, lots of business ideas. Hell, I still sometimes think about starting a restaurant or a smoothie shop. I have a not smoothie shop. I think about collaborating with this girl down the street that has a juice shop and thinking, oh man, I got to help her market so much more and promote. But then I think to myself, yes, I could. There's a lot of ideas I have. And I nip them in the bud really quickly because I know I'm not driven enough to follow them through. And because I'm not, would they work? I believe a lot of my ideas would work. I believe I have ideas that are crap and wouldn't work, but I have a lot of ideas I believe would work, but I won't work them. And if I won't work them, they won't work. So I've had to look at my life. What's the thing that I am so deeply passionate about that I'll work it more than anything else? And then I don't need to run away from the business I'm building to go do something else. I can do other things for fun and enjoyableness, but I'm not building something I hate so that I can do the thing I love because I'm not a person who will build something I don't want to do so that I can go do something else. I'd rather just do the thing I want to do. And so that aspect of knowing that there's ways to achieve certain things, like, you know, I remember when I, I loved music videos, didn't love them enough though. Right. I didn't love them enough. And I knew to, to make it into the realm of music videos where I could get paid well uh, and make a good business out of it. I wasn't passionate enough. I've had many people. I had a lady that I did uh, video training with once and uh, she spent a day with me at the end of the day, she was in tears and said, thank God I did this. Now I know I don't want to do video. I've had people that realize, you know what? I, I, I love I use a video. That's a lot of my background, but, you know, a lot of my stories come from that sometimes. Uh, But that would be like, you know, I went into business doing something else because I realized that they wanted to have a video production company, but they realized that they weren't passionate enough about it. And so what, what is the thing, because so many people, I'm so multi-passionate, I like so many things, I, I got so many ideas. Yeah, but what is the thing you're willing to follow through on consistently, almost religiously, for years? Not something that, you know, the good old, good old wonderful line with the going gets tough, the tough get going. But like, yeah, there needs to be some of that. But when the going gets tough on the thing, you're like, I don't want to learn this, I don't want to do this, I don't like this. So then the thing that you have... Because I know that there's levels of marketing connections, selling that I have to have. I can't go around in life just talking to people all day, every day and never make a proposal, never sell something. Because if I never, or accept money, right? Because I need, I, I do. I, I haven't had some trust fund or something that I just dumped all this money on me. So therefore, although I could run around and just talk to people and I'd be like, this is so fulfilling. It's so great. There's a... Uh, How many of you have heard of Ikigai?
1: Anybody heard of Ikigai on here? Ikigai? So you've got what you love, which has your passion
0: and your mission, what you're good at, which is passion and profession, uh, what you can be paid for, profession and vocation, and what the world needs, mission and vocation, and when they all intersect, you have the ikigai. It's a Japanese um, uh, phrase. Um, but what happens is, is some people they're, uh, you know, doing something that they love. They're good at it. The world needs it, but they're not being paid for it, right? And, and that, like, doesn't feel good, right? And so that sweet spot is having the blend of all of them. Um, and so that's why the world needs money. So I love this. I can be fulfilled. The world needs it. But if I don't get paid to do it, then I have to spend more time doing other things that I don't love as much or I don't want to do as much. And so now as a byproduct, I'm not as happy, not as in, I'm not enjoying things as much. I don't probably bring as much value. So I just had to, to you know, continue to look at that because I think that what we forget is that you can be multi-passionate. Um, and Norman, we've talked about that, right? You need to re- look up Derek Sivers. I love Derek Sivers. He started a company called CD Baby. Uh, he even has posts that... Um, I didn't know it had a name, learning something new every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome um there's lots of ways but what's in most alignment with you as an individual right look there are people that do what i do and they're radio talk show hosts right they're they're on tv they have youtube channels right they build their youtube following and they get adsense or they have a patreon and they and they have people donate but they keep you know, keep getting more and more people. They sell courses, they sell membership sites, they sell, uh, they, they, they play at events, right? Like it all depends on what it is that you're selling. And then you have to look at all the avenues that you could do. And then look at what are you willing to learn? And what are you willing to do? Right? So when I look at speaking, there are a whole bunch of different ways that someone like I brought this up before, right? Like, look. I could be a a customer service agent for AT&T and I could be talking all day long. I'm very clear about what kind of talking I want to do. Because if I just say, I just want to talk, well, God, I could work at McDonald's and talk all day. Like I might not be in conversation, but my mouth would be moving all day long, right? So we got to get clear. Like what's the dream scenario? Right? And then look at the reality. Does the world need that? Is it something that you could be paid for? Right? I don't care if something that outside of me talking, like I'd rather do money and investments and crypto and the stock market and things like that. than I would try to do any other thing in business and just be really smart with my money. That's where I've come to at this stage in my life at you know, 35 years old. That's what I want to do. Be really smart with my money and cash flow and cash and, you know, um, and investing that way. And in business, do this and rock this out. Um, Because I know I have a greater chance of earning an excess through those other methods of investment than I do trying to build a business other than this activity. Because at the core, like from a fulfillment standpoint, even if, courses and things were selling, if I had the tenacity to to grow that, I would still be in connection with people. I still would be coaching. I still would be talking to people, in conversation with people. That is my ideal. This has been a preaching session today, uh, preaching, teaching session, tune-up session. Uh, But the majority of sessions I do, the majority of my weekly interactions are
1: Voxer and the phone. Sometimes in person, right? But that's where I get fulfillment. So if you're a musician, if
0: you're a writer, what is that ideal? If you didn't need money, right? If all the money were given to you, would you be creating courses? Or would you be teaching in person to people? Would you be holding in-person workshops or online workshops? Would you be playing at gigs? Would you have a crowd or an audience what would you be doing, right? Ben Rector is touring. He tours. He brings out albums and he tours. Those are really his, I believe, main forms of income that he's gotten to. He's that old school musician that he's built it up where he writes songs, brings out albums that get bought
1: or streamed now and you can make money off that and get lots of streams. He goes on tour. My question is just do you believe that the dream scenario that you want is actually possible? Do you believe that the dream scenario for you is possible? So then the question is, how much of your day and how much of your week is dedicated to creating that possibility? You know, there was a period of time where all my income
0: was made off of video production. Therefore, I spent my days six months out of the year running around with my camera filming so i spent less time dedicated to this than i do now but i also had to start saying no and make less money to make more time to do more of this to shake out that balance so i believe there's always kind of transitions in life but you know uh do you believe it's possible? If you believe it's possible, then how much time are you spending doing it? And then from there, to what degree do you believe in yourself and your abilities and your talents and your skills to where you're getting in front of the right people who will value it? Right. There's that one uh, meme or something out there where it's like, you know, this person had a old broken watch and they took it to this one place and it was worth $5. They took it somewhere else. And it was, worth 50 it took it somewhere else 500 they took it to somebody else and it was like five or fifty thousand dollars and needed to be in a museum right now there's a fine line there with that entire topic because i do believe that the reality is at times people are waiting for people to value them but i do believe you need to value you first Because even when people are in front of you who are valuing you, if you don't value yourself, you'll likely not receive the value that you quote unquote should be worth. You know, I brought up this before, but once I was uh, in 2016 with a company, uh, with a guy that uh, all I had done was video production for them. And in 2014, you know, we had the same kind of lunch and it was a video production job. So in 2016, when it rolled around, I thought this is a video production job. There was not an ounce in my body that when I went to that meeting, I thought it wasn't gonna be for video because I still did not view myself as a professional coach. I didn't still know how I was really helping. I didn't know if I was good at it, all these things. So when this guy is telling me all his problems around his company and what's going on, I finally ask, is this about video? And he's like, no, I needed the Gebs juice, right? I I thought you could help me. I didn't know how. And so because of how I viewed myself, even a person who ultimately valued me because I didn't have it packaged up, I didn't know how to offer it, I didn't know how to sell it, I didn't believe I could sell it, I didn't believe I was worth it, I didn't know what I could charge for it, nothing to this type of person. I did for other people. This guy had a $20 million company. He saw mass value in me. I didn't see it in myself and nothing came of that. So that's why, you know, that scenario I I just gave, you know, you could have something that's priceless, that could be paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, but to the degree that you believe it yourself, like I had an artist that was from Finland, incredible artist. Most of the things she did in Finland, she'd go to these shows and she'd get $15. Then she brought 14 pieces to an art gallery in uh, New York City. Uh, In in Manhattan specifically, she sold uh, seven of those pieces for $1,500 a piece roughly within uh, two days. And most of you who do or do not know my background, the majority of money I made in video production, I got on a plane. Now, any of you building internet businesses, you've got the internet at your fingertips, right? You're not um, held... To locals um, but then you still have to get in front of those people like her with her art yes you flew there physically and was in a place of prestige and wealth and by proxy that proximity allowed her to charge what she doesn't locally or quote unquote can't locally and simultaneously she's not getting in front of those same people online right who value the art right she she obviously values it and is able to get in front of those people, but she's not doing it necessarily regularly. Right. So if I wanted to charge $30,000 for a video project, but would not leave my 10 mile radius of where I live, I live in a town of about 28,000 people, then it would probably be every other year that I'd be getting $30,000 video projects when I was doing videos. But because I was willing to get on a plane, which is what I did the majority like 2012 to 2020, I got on planes. And the same effort the same time that it would take me to film something in New York City in Manhattan and get $15,000 for it, I would have had to do five projects locally to get the same amount of money, right? So you're using the internet. You can get in front of anybody, right? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's fascinating, right? And, you know, Barb, we're bringing up up music here. I was bringing up my man, Bid Rector, at the beginning of the call. Um, But just that aspect, again, of how we feel about ourselves, right? You feel about yourself really highly. You reach out to people of prestige, and, and sing for them. I was thinking of, I think of was Stevie Nicks the other day when I, I was thinking of Barb. I mean, freaking rock star. Barb's got an incredible, incredible voice. And it is my firm belief because I usually, you know, that's why I don't look at a lot of people's work, quite frankly, because I just don't even bring it into the conversation because I still believe that most people in most scenarios with the right mindset, which is again, why it's called Mind tune of time, not talent tune of time, even though it's three T's, right? I love those types of things. Uh, but that people with the right attitude and mindset will move mountains and people with bad attitudes and bad mindsets, low confidence, they won't do very much. They just won't. That's why it's tuning up hearts and minds so that ideas don't die in hard sets and hard drives. Uh, But to the degree how you view yourself will be to the degree that you reach out the actions you take, who you reach out to, et cetera, et cetera. And somebody like Barb, uh, you know, you can be playing play to the president of the United States, right? You can be playing to anybody. And I love when I do get to combine my encouragement to talented people because I, I can up the ante even more because my encouragement goes through the roof when there's also extreme talent. And I can tell you again, I'm full honesty. Some of the not as talented people that I have tuned up their mind have annihilated some of the most talented people I know. And when the most talented people I know get their minds on right, they beat that person too. Just from a simply financial perspective. Because when you get your head on straight, it's amazing how you show up in the world and who you'll reach out to again, the actions you'll take and what you'll do. Because you view yourself through a empowering lens, you'll do very powerful things see yourself through a scarcity, lack, disempowering lens, you'll do very disempowering things. Just try to look for one second at your life, where you're at,
1: how you view yourself, how you have viewed yourself, My
0: man, Fernando's out on here. Freaking superstar stud, the music industry. COVID threw him for a loop. He was forced to go into an arena that he didn't have the confidence. It was a Ferrari put inside the garage. Ferraris are not meant to be inside a garage. <laughs> right? You know it, brother. So some people are forced to do things that they become beginners again. But my man, Fernando, freaking rock star, but he was in an industry filming. I mean, if you could just type some in, be humble, you know. but just type a few people in that are the the namers that you've filmed for um, and done stuff with. But like traveling all around to different concerts and venues and music videos and things, but then it all got shut down. So forced to then go into a world That he wasn't in right because he was in a world that was all travel and he was just able to you know charisma his way in the door talent his way in the door you know people skills his way in the door hustle and grind his way through the door right just get in the room if he got in the room he made magic happen and then when he couldn't get in rooms it's like well then what room do i get in what do i do how do i do it right And so at a shift and now things are getting back to normal. The Ferrari's getting out of the, out of the garage and it's getting driven again. And the freaking, you know, uh, magic's happening again, you know, and it's so incredible to see, um, because some of us just go through a season. It's that simple. And those seasons, we have things to learn from, even if they don't feel good and you wish maybe you don't ever have to go back to them again there's still probably skills and things that you learn. You know, the joy of music for Ben Rector that I mentioned, it was through, he had like seven uh, songs recorded. And then when COVID hit, he, he got crushed. Everything he was doing, all the plans he had, it all got crushed from what he was normally doing. And then things happened and he got time with his family like he'd never had before. And things started to happen and the joy came back and the joy of music came back. So sometimes in those darkest of times is where we'll gain the greatest light and the greatest joy. Um, And so constantly tell myself, I just have to keep doing my thing. Music and be as good or better than I was the last time, but pressure myself by comparison against other singers will kill me. I just try to be my best, especially not having ever had professional training. Yeah, I believe, Barb, that some of the most uh, financially successful people on this planet- apps that we're using. I mean, I believe uh, Zuckerberg dropped out of Harvard. I didn't finish. You see some of the greatest directors, musicians, artists, entrepreneurs, they didn't even finish college. They were not professionally trained because professional training for most categories in life means putting you in a box, means getting you to think like a machine, like a robot, get you to get on the assembly line. Who are the greatest people who are innovators? They're not in the box thinkers. They are not people who fit in a box who conform right they're innovative they're pioneers they pave their own path they make their own road they're mischiefs they're misunderstood they're outliers right those are the people i didn't go to college i remember my buddy uh his family was all like doctors and lawyers and they got on his parents and said i can't believe you didn't make him go to college Three years into his business, one of the relatives said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because you're now earning more money than I am. This person was a doctor. We need doctors and lawyers and surgeons and, and different types of people like that. But the reality is get out of the box, break the mold, break the conformity that you've stuck into and just be you. All right, my friends, there there he is right there. Ben Rector, Magic. His last album was called Magic. This album is called The Joy of Music. I just want to continue. This is what brings me joy and thus infects and brings joy to others. And all I want for the people that I work with is for them to do what brings them joy and bring joy to others. So much love, my friends. I appreciate you all so much thank you thank you thank you for coming for listening share this with a friend you can again go to mindtuneuptimelive.com. that's the best link to give them there's some goodies on the site and uh i did do two hours i didn't think i was going to but i did and uh and so uh yeah i'm super grateful for all of you and appreciative that you show up and obviously get value or else you wouldn't show up and so much love to all of you we'll see you all Uh, next week. And uh, keep rocking,
1: keep rolling, and I'll talk soon.